Hello, Bridge family, Pastor Patrick. Today I taught on the art of waiting on the Lord in prayer. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, and strengthens your prayer life. God bless you. I want to share with you something that I believe is very dear to my heart, and uh, I want to keep on point for our online audience. Say hallelujah. So when you go to Psalm 130, verse 5 and 6, listen to what the Scripture says. It says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His word I do hope. Holy Spirit, won't you come and help me to articulate and communicate the heart of my Father to the church, to your people in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. And really what the psalm is trying to compare it to is the watchmen waiting in the morning. They were night guards, and they would always be set up on the wall watching for the arrival of their enemies. It was a very intense position to be a watchman on the wall and to sound the trumpet when trouble was coming. But the psalm says that I wait for you more than those that are the watchmen that wait for the morning, because when morning came, they were off duty, and somebody else obviously would come. But my point in this is the psalm is talking about waiting in prayer for the Lord, something I've learned over all the years of my life. And it, I, I believe that waiting in prayer is somewhat of a lost art in this generation in regards to prayer, you know, with technology and instant results, you know, advancement in knowledge, and of course, everybody say Google. Waiting has become an inconvenience. It's become intolerable experience for, for many of us. Do you agree that when you want an answer, you, you just Google it? Right? I mean, back in my day, we studied the Greek, the Hebrew, the lexicon, the Strong's Concordance, and we would take hours of just finding out the meaning of a word. And I think many of you that are older and in the ministry would know that. We, we didn't have the convenience of Google to say what, what the word power means. We had to look up the word in the Greek or in the Hebrew, and we had to do an extensive study of Scripture, and we had to meditate day and night. And we had to listen to our tapes over and over and over and over and over. And we would highlight every scripture, every passage, every phrase that the pastor was teaching. And we would go home and we would labor throughout the week till next Sunday to get the meat of what that message was for me. That's how I grew up. It was only until recently we have Google and we have the, the advancement of technology. And now we have everything on our fingertips. And I think what's happened that we have taken that type of attitude into our prayer closets. I mean, no, nobody ever wants to wait longer than a minute at a fast food drive through Am I right? You, maybe you're at a restaurant and they're taking longer than you want and you start complaining. Maybe you're waiting for your favorite cappuccino and it's not there on time. And, you know, it's like, hurry up. Everybody's in a hurry. There's, there's, there's the art of waiting in prayer that this generation has sorely missed. And because of that, they're making major life decisions outside of waiting in prayer. It's almost as if the culture is in such a hurry. You know, Nike has a phrase, just do it. And that phrase has kind of followed the spiritual attitude of the church, especially in the generation in which we're living in. 
And I, I really believe that it's, it's error, and I really believe it's, it's going to cost some of us, not me and not you say, not me, Pastor. But I believe it's cost a lot of people a lot of time of just wandering in the wilderness of undecisiveness because they didn't pray and they didn't wait long enough for God to give them the answer because they're so used to going through a drive through and going to their favorite restaurant and getting everything they want when they want it and how they want it. Are you with me? It's so easy just to go to YouTube and find an answer to your prayer. Just look up your favorite preacher and say, oh, that's the answer that I need and I'm waiting on the Lord and I praise God I got the answer on YouTube. I got the answer through somebody else's ministry. Somebody was preaching, and I got the answer. Praise God. No, that's not the answer. The answer only really comes from the Lord in prayer, and that's the context of what I want to share with you this morning. The psalm says, I, I've waited, and my soul waits, and in his word I do hope. There's something about a solitary place in your life where nothing else will satisfy you but the word from God's mouth to your heart. There's something about telling your soul to be still and know that he's God, and oftentimes it's in the area of our soul that we grow impatient, and we start imagining things as the answer from the Lord, and we start fabricating just easy way out. I mean, I've told some of these youngsters, you know, don't be in a hurry to do anything. Rather, wait upon the Lord and let him speak to you himself because it is the safest place to live. Say amen. Maybe you're waiting on a job promotion, you're growing impatient, and you go and start putting your CV everywhere else. That's the kind of attitude we have today. Maybe you're waiting on your ministry or waiting on your prophetic word to come to pass, and, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a thing of patience. Well, I got a word just two weeks ago, and it hasn't come to pass yet. <laughs> Are you with me? You know, my job promotion that God promised me hasn't come to pass yet. I'm still waiting on my spouse. I just don't know where, where they are, and I'm still waiting. How long has it been? I've been in prayer for about a month. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't want to wait a month for God to give me a spouse. I'd rather wait longer, make sure I get the right one, say Amen. So this type of attitude has kind of crept into the church and kind of worries me when I'm in conversation and just the years of experience has taught me that there's something sacred about not being in a hurry in the presence of God that we've lost. So when we started our church and we started praising and worshiping God, you know, we had a lot of people that were very uncomfortable with the time. And we had some people, you know, rejoice and some people not rejoice, and that's okay. But what the Lord was really trying to cultivate in the people was a heart of waiting that would influence their daily walk with God. Right? So, you know, after five songs, we have our message, our announcements, and then we end. But the Lord said, that's not how I reach people's hearts. And how much more in prayer do we really wait until we get the answer from God's mouth to our hearts? There, there is something important just about waiting that helps us to mount up above the adversary. There's a promise that God gave us in Isaiah 40, 29, and 31. It says, He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, He increases strength. Even the youths shall 
faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and say, faint not. Maybe you're finding yourself this morning without strength. Maybe you're faint. Maybe you've lost hope. Maybe the winds of adversary are blowing you all around. The answer and the promise is waiting upon the Lord in prayer. Say, waiting upon the Lord in prayer. There's something about being still and calming your soul and calming your mind and being patient enough for God to mount you up in his presence. You can't expect to get the answer from God in a hurry. What I saw in my spirit was people are making life decisions outside of being patient and waiting, and that will be, unfortunately, the trouble that you inherit. Changing jobs, changing life situations, making choices outside of prayer and outside of waiting will cost you. It will be the devourer that steals your blessing. It'll be the wilderness that you wander because we never had the patience enough to wait. It's important. Psalm knew something about waiting. The watchman with his weary eyes ready to sound the trumpet at the first sight of an adversary enemy of God. Can you imagine watching on the wall and growing weary no matter what time of the day, you're growing weary. The weather conditions, the elements all around, everything in your mind telling you to just stop being a watchman. Just come in now where it's nice and warm and convenient, but yet it symbolizes the posture of a heart that is waiting until God gives the answer. Now, for those that have been around, you would know that God has forged many of us in the fire and God has purified us and God has taught us the art of patience and waiting and prayer. There are no quick answers with God, I can promise you right now. And I really feel in this 2024 year that is upon us, the art of waiting and practicing the presence of God is something that we cannot neglect in our daily devotion to God. Never mind having a long worship service. That's wonderful. But I'm talking about when you're the watchman on the wall for your own life. When you're standing in the gap for your own family and your own direction and from a word from God. When you just train your soul to be still and know that my answer and my hope comes from God's word and God's word alone. Where's the perseverance and the, and the character and the fortitude of the people of God and the backbone of the church that we're not going to be moved just by a quick response and we're not going to be moved by circumstances. We're going to stand and having done all to stand, we're going to stand and we're going to wait until the answer comes from God. We have to avoid the culture that we live in that says be in a hurry. Just do it. Are you with me? Now, I know there's some conviction because many of us have just been in a hurry and we have paid the price. 
Abraham was in a hurry. And Sarah motivated Abraham to be in a hurry because God had gave Abraham a promise and he said, Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. So Abraham got impatient. He might have followed the motto, just do it. And Sarah had a great idea. She didn't get it in prayer. Say, she didn't get it in prayer. Do you ever just dissect the Word of God and look at how people respond in adverse, difficult situations? They respond just like us. So Sarah had a great revelation. Say, revelation. Say, but it wasn't from God. But where does she get this idea from? Can you imagine God giving them a promise at the age of 75? No, uh, uh, Abraham was 75 years of age, and God said, look at the stars, look at the sand. I'm going to make you a great nation. Where's this going to come from? Out of my own loins? Oh, hallelujah. What a promise. But Abraham had to understand something, that God's process to promise is waiting. And waiting is a posture of prayer in a posture of just faith and absolute trust and dependence upon God. And how Abraham would have been saved the trouble had he just practiced the presence and waited on God. When we don't wait in prayer, Ishmael will always persecute your Isaac. Figuratively speaking. Say, oh no, not me. We have to learn to persevere in prayer. You know what perseverance means? Continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure or opposition, an action or condition, or an instance of persevering. It's, it's being steadfast. Jesus said this in Luke 18. He talked about perseverance in prayer. And this is one of the first things I want to share with you about prayer. It's going to take perseverance, church. Hey. Well, I'm called of God, and I, God's given me an Isaac. It's going to take perseverance, church. I have a ministry. I have a business. I, I have something great on the inside of me. It's going to take perseverance. If God can give you your life calling tomorrow, it won't be worth much. It mustn't be worth much because, you know, it mustn't really be too heavy. So throughout Scripture, I see that God was never in a hurry in dealing with His church and dealing with His saints and dealing with His men and women of old. Jesus said in Luke 18, 1 through 8, I'm reading out of the Revised Standard Version. You're going to have the New King James Version. He told them a parable to the effect that they always ought to pray and not lose heart. Say, not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor regarded man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Vindicate me against my adversary. For, for a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will vindicate her, or she will wear me out by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God vindicate his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will vindicate them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes on the earth, will he find faith 
say perseverance. How long do I persevere? Until God gives you the answer. That's pretty simple. How long shall I wait until God says it's yours? How long will that be? Some of you have been believing God for things and you've grown weary. Jesus said, don't faint. When do I stop? You never stop praying. Paul said, pray without ceasing. Men ought to pray and faint not. Why is it important that God allows the schoolmaster of prayer to disciple us? There's something you learn and you're being discipled as you wait in God's presence for God to bring the answer to you. Everybody's on a different timeline and a different time frame according to the yieldedness and the obedience to your life and according to the plan that God has. There's a time for God to do what God wants to do. It's our job to persevere. It's our job to stay the course and pray it through. Don't be in a hurry to make decisions had you not prayed it through because those decisions will detour your faith. Now, they all know me on this team. I'm the slowest person to make a decision. I've been around too long to be rushed into anything. I've learned too much to make a decision in haste. When it comes to the decisions of God's people and people's eternal destinies and people's lives, I will never, ever be in a hurry. Ever. When it comes to bringing the Word of God, I will never be in a hurry. I will wait until my soul is at rest with God. Prayer teaches us to persevere. Not having the answer tomorrow teaches us to trust God. There's something about trust that's a journey with the Lord. There's, there's a blessing in not getting what you want right away. It's developing a relationship of trust. See, if we would get everything we want right away, we will not know God. When I read Scripture, men and women knew God through faith and patience. I remember struggling as a young man with a particular sin and I cried out to God just to take it away. Wave your hand over me and deliver me instantly. He said, no, Patrick, through the suffering that you go through, I will teach you obedience. Wow. What's on the other side of that? It's him. It's relationship. There's something about trusting God that develops friendship with God. Abraham was 75 years of age when God gave him the promise. He was only 100 years old. 25 years later was Isaac born. Are you with me? You want your ministry to be born tomorrow? You want God to give you the answer for what you've prayed for for a week, for a month, for a year? I got promises that I've been waiting for for 30 years. Can I tell you, I'm so glad the Lord hasn't given them to me because I've learned to have relationship 
while waiting in his presence and knowing his heart. Had God given me everything I wanted, I would have gone astray. My character was such I would have fallen into pride. I would have fallen into sin. Do you understand that God is a father that is intimately acquainted with your heart and he knows when to give you what you need? He is more interested in the journey of friendship, in the process of development of who you and who we are, than he is just giving you an instant answer for everything. Yes, he sometimes answers us very quickly. But there are things that are not very deep. And there's many levels to this message that I can't cover today. But you get the heart of what I'm saying. The art of waiting is lost. And it's something we have to redevelop in our hearts. The Word says those that have a ministry, wait. He doesn't mean just to sit on the sidelines. He means wait in His presence. Get on the journey of friendship with God, learning to cultivate a waiting heart. It develops trust. Abraham was called the friend of God. That only comes through trust. What we read about as Abraham's sin and Abraham's fault, God said, no, that 25 years develop a friendship with myself and Abraham. Wow. Say, wow. See, we want answers more than we want friendship with God. I'm after friendship with God's heart. Yeah, there's some things that I can use right now. There's some things I need like you need right now. There's some things I really, really, really want working like right now in my life, but they're not working right now. So what I have to learn is I go back to what I've learned to say, you know what? I have to just practice the art of waiting like everyone else. And I have to understand that in waiting, I've learned to persevere and not relent and not waver, just to stand and persevere and just continually persevere having done all to stand. I just have to keep persevering, knowing that I can trust God. Perseverance is really a long, steadfast trust in God. Not allowing the wind of adversary to just take me off track. It just develops a steadfast faith in us. People all want faith, but nobody wants the trials of the faith. Waiting develops steadfast faith in us. Say steadfast faith. It's unwavering faith. And Abraham in Romans 4, 20 and 21 says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform. None of us want to fight unbelief. None of us want to fight unbelief. But whenever you have a promise, unbelief comes along the promise. And it becomes a thorn in your flesh, a perpetual reminder Unbelief is always present in prayer. If you learn anything about waiting on God, unbelief is always present. 
Will God ever answer me? Man, I've been asking the Lord for a long time. Where is the promise of his coming? Where is the ministry? Where is the financial breakthrough? Where is the miracle? Where is the harvest? Where is this? Where is that? And yet all, all along God says, just wait because I'm developing unwavering faith in you. You can't have great faith if you want everything tomorrow. The only thing that brings great results tomorrow is the gift of faith, and it's one of the gifts of the Spirit. And you know, anybody with the gift of faith will tell you they don't really have to do anything for it. It's like the gift of prophecy. All you do is exercise the muscle, but it's given to you regardless of your faith, regardless of your holiness, regardless of your spiritual DNA or maturity. It's just a gift. It's that simple. You just have to exercise that. Say unwavering faith. Steadfast faith. See, maybe the mountain you're crying for God to move, he's going to eventually move it. But God says, I'm developing steadfast faith in your life. I'm not going to move it like you want it to move. I'm not going to move it as soon as you want it to move. Yeah, but the Lord, the word says, whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and doubt not, shall have whatsoever things he says. Therefore, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. The word says the mountain shall be removed. So you get clever. And you get on your hiking shoes, and you want to scale the mountain. And God says, no, no, get off the mountain, and stand in front of the mountain until the mountain moves. No, I'm going to go around the mountain. I'm going to make a plan. I don't want to wait, man. I, I'm running out. I'm never going to find my spouse. I'm ne never going to find my breakthrough. I'm never going to have the answer that God promised me. God says, you, you, you stay. What you think you need, you don't need right now. What you need more is steadfast, unwavering faith developed in you. Say amen, Pastor. Waiting in prayer develops the fruit of the Spirit and brings spiritual maturity in your life. You can read all the books of your favorite authors. You can repeat them backwards in Chinese and Hebrew and Greek. You can read every book on the planet. That will not bring spiritual maturity. It'll bring knowledge to your head. And we need that. I read, I try to read as much as three books a month. I just try to cultivate a habit of reading and learning. That's me. I don't ever want to be complacent. I like being challenged out of my comfort. But that doesn't bring spiritual maturity. That just brings information. What brings spiritual maturity is waiting in the presence of God for him. Learning to allow the fruit of the Spirit of love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control to develop. You mean all of those characteristics develop in prayer while I'm waiting for God? Yes. Have you ever been irritable in prayer? I have. You're praying for what you're believing God for and still highly irritable. Because there's no long-suffering. There's no patience. There's no kindness. There's no love. God says, keep waiting. 
I'm, I'm developing character and spiritual maturity while you wait for me to answer you. David, how long did David wait? How long did Moses wait? How long did Elisha wait for Elijah to part to heaven? Can you imagine being Elisha? I want the double portion. I want the double portion. I want the double portion. How long is it going to be for me to get the double portion? It took him years of washing the prophet's feet and hands and serving. But not just that, waiting in a posture of prayer for God. Joshua stood at the foot of the mountain in prayer while Moses was with God for years. He waited on the mountain in perseverance. He waited in the mountain, come on, in steadfast, unwavering faith. He waited on the mountain and developed spiritual maturity. He waited on the mountain. Waiting in prayer teaches us to 100% surrender to the will of God. You don't really know the will of God fully outside of learning to wait for it to become plain to you. Not even prophecy reveals the totality of the will of God for your life. God reserves some things for the prophets, but most things for relationship with him. And that's why most of the people wander in a wilderness of undecisiveness, never finding the will of God. Never reaching the high calling that is in Christ Jesus because they don't want to wait. Say, teach me how to wait. You will learn to surrender to God's will. We saw this, and I taught this last week, that Jesus ultimately said, Lord, if it's possible, isn't there another way? Isn't there another way to redeem the world? Isn't there another way for the sin of the world to be paid for? Let this cup pass from me, Lord. See, I have learned that sometimes God's way in waiting is very uncomfortable, and it cost me a surrender. It requires a deep surrender of heart. I remember being mentored by my father-in-law and him telling me to wait for my ministry. I had the gift of the prophetic manifesting in my life 30 years ago. I had the word of knowledge in my life 25 years ago, 30 years ago. It was all present as a gift of the Holy Spirit. And I remember my father-in-law telling me, Patrick, you're just going to have to wait in prayer. You're just going to have to wait. But I'm so eager, beaver. I just want to hurry up. He said, you're just going to have to wait. God will tell you when. And all along, you just surrender to God's ultimate will for your life. For Jesus, it was the cross. But he was in prayer, agonizing with great drops of blood, agonizing for the finality of his life the final step of obedience to God, and you think that it was a casual thing? (laughs) Prayer develops complete surrender to the will of God in our hearts. Let me move on quickly. Waiting cultivates a deeper relationship with the Father. Being a friend of God doesn't come by getting what you want every time you pray. It comes by accepting his answer in whatever he tells you. You mean God says no in prayer? I have had 
him tell me no more than yes. Oh, how I wanted many things. And God said, that's not for you. It develops a relationship. You think that by saying yes to your children, you're going to cultivate respect and relationship with them. No, you're not. You're going to raise a spoiled child. Sometimes we have to say no to our children. It's for their benefit. Paul the apostle was eager to preach the gospel in all the known world because the word says go into the gospel, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So Paul in Acts 16, 6 and 7, the Spirit forbade him from going to Asia. He was forbidden to preach by the Holy Spirit to Asia. He tried to go to Benithia, and the Spirit did not permit him. Instead, he had a vision of a man in Macedonia saying, come hither, come here. Now, we read that and we think, oh, it's so easy. No, that's not easy until you've experienced you're going in one direction. And God's saying, no, Patrick, you're not going to go preach there. I want you to go there. Are you with me? It's understanding relationship with the Father. That's why he allows us to wait. Paul wanted to go to all the world, and he had every right to preach in every place possible. The Spirit forbade him to go to two places. Why? Because in prayer, when you wait, you learn to cultivate obedience in relationship to the Father. You see, we always thought prayer was yes. Sometimes prayer is no for the better of the will of God in your life. Are you with me? Let's move on. What's the purpose? Would God be so cruel to not give you what you want? No, God is good. Say, God is good. He's building character and resilience. He's strengthening your trust in Him. He's developing patience and endurance. You're gaining wisdom and understanding. You're allowing God to work His perfect way in your life. You're learning valuable lessons during the waiting period. Are you with me? Nothing he does is for the evil of his people. It's always for the goodness of his people. It's always for the development of your life. Even when it's against your own desires. Say, Lord, help me. But there's promises that God gives us. I'm reminded of God's faithfulness throughout biblical history. How God eventually answered Abraham how God eventually delivered Israel and brought him into the promised land. Say amen. Psalm 106, 7 and 15, and I'm, I'm about to bring this to a conclusion. It says, Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies. Say, this is the process. But rebelled by the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his namesake, that he might make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and he dried it up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. He saved them from the hand of those who hated them, redeemed them from the hand of their enemies. The waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then they believed his words. They sang his praise. They soon forgot his works. You see the fluctuation from praising to denying, from praising to lying, 
You see that character deficiency that Israel had, that God wanted them to learn to wait for the promise to enter in, and God would not let them so soon because he knew they weren't be able to sustain it. They forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. Don't make big decisions without waiting in God's presence. Lest your own idols and your own covetous heart lead you astray into a quick response and signing a contract that you're going to regret the rest of your life. Rather wait. Rather be sure in prayer. They did not wait for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert, and he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their souls. You see, God wants to make sure the idols in your life are dealt with and slain and burned. All this is only possible by waiting in the presence of God. The art of being patient until God brings the answer. There's so many examples of answered prayers in the Bible. Call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you have not known. Recognizing the faithfulness of God through personal experience. Have you had a personal experience? I have many personal experiences that have helped me recognize that God is faithful. Today I sit back and say thank you for not allowing me to have a church 10 years ago. <laughs> 20 or 15 years ago. Thank you for just holding the reins back. Not time yet, son. It's not time. You don't understand what is on the other side of being patient and waiting and resting in God's assurance and finding peace while you wait for the promise. Say, God is good. This is what the Word says. This is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything, According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that God hears us, we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Nowhere in that scripture does it say when. What? Whosoever shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into this, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe. He will have whatever he says. It never says when. Even salvation, please be mature. Even salvation, how many people have prayed the sinner's prayer and were not converted? Because God knows the heart of every man and every woman that as they say the sinner's prayer, if their heart is ready to receive salvation. Why? Because even salvation only comes to those that are ready. Ready. 